It is episode five, and we are talking all things professional wrestling tonight, and Derek is going to give us his fantasy match card. So don't go anywhere. This is the Oversell Podcast. Gentlemen, welcome to the Oversell Podcast. My name is Derek. I'm Dan. And I'm Mike. And we are here to talk a little professional wrestling. I hope you've all had a great week. We uh, thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing to iTunes, which you can now do at oversellpodcast.com. Just go there on your cell phone. There's a little button you can click that says subscribe to iTunes if you have an iPhone. It's that simple. Also, give us a five-star rating on iTunes if you're listening to us. That helps us out a lot and helps us get more known. Um, Mm -hmm. And leave a little comment. Give us a little review. Tell us what we can work on. Tell us what we do good. Or tell us we suck. <laughs> well. Just tell, it, tell us something. <laughs> tell us to something. let us know you're listening. <laughs> Big NWA Mid-South uh, event we had this past weekend, Dan. Uh, holy crap, man. Um, that uh, that was a weekend to remember for me. Um, that was huge. Um, huge, huge, huge main event. Um, Roderick Strong, Steve Anthony, I mean – burned the house to the ground it was insane and uh i got to drive around i picked up uh jj dylan from the airport jj dylan of four horsemen of the four horsemen the manager of the four horsemen and uh holy crap um that was just insane the amount of knowledge that that man holds in his head and he just i didn't have to ask him any questions i didn't have to say a word he just started talking, and <laughs> for two hours straight, all the way to Dyersburg, I got wrestling stories. I got, I know, all the ideas and characters that he came up with in WWF. I got, I mean, just you name it. He was talking about it, and I the 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 most the most harrowing thing that he talked about was uh, him being in the plane that was behind the plane that crashed with Ric Flair and those other wrestlers. Oh, on wow. It. And hearing over the, hearing over the, uh, airport or airport hearing the airport communicate with the pilot, you know, we've lost that plane in front of you. And Man. they, they had to land at a different airport. Wrestling fans, apparently had a two-way radio or something where listening to the airport broadcasts, met them at the airport and took them to the plane crash site. Oh, damn. To see, you know, the other wrestlers were okay and everything and check on them. So, I mean, it was, you know, just one thing after another. And hearing him tell that story, (laughs) I mean, it's like, you know, he was there, you know. He lived it, for crying out loud. I mean, it was just... It's unreal to hell to hear stories like that from from veterans like that, and I mean, it's just unbelievable. It, I it, there's very few things in in uh, in my life and my times in the pro wrestling business where I'd say I had a life experience. My WWE tryout was a life experience. Having J.J. Dillon in the car for two hours with me and driving him back and forth. For, um, and I even gave him rides while he was in Dyersburg back and forth to his hotel because me and him kind of piled up early. <laughs> and Well, it's good to see that just, a guy that has been through some of the major moments in wrestling like he has 
is still so humble just to sit around and talk with you in the car. It's really cool. Yes, yes. I mean, you know, it, he he had no problem talking about just about anything. Um, I mean, he 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 got to spouting off one thing where uh, he was wor- he was working with uh, some Japanese wrestlers that came in one time. Uh, it was Giant Baba and Wajima from Japan. They came over from Japan and were working in Charlotte, North Carolina in 1986. And he went to the promoter and begged the promoter to work Baba and Wajima. And so J.J. Dillon, unbeknownst to anybody in the, in the arena that night, and you can look it up on YouTube because he did. He told me, look it up on YouTube right now. you got a smartphone. Look it up on YouTube. And it's on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it'd be on YouTube. It's on YouTube. And he he went under a mask and was the American Eagle, and he wrestled Baba and Wajima. And it was I, – I couldn't believe I found it on YouTube when I did. I was It was insane. But it was just one thing after another like that, you know. And you're in the car with J.J. freaking Dylan. <laughs> and it's, does it seem like he's still – really just a big fan of wrestling himself oh, yeah. and it's not a job to him he loved know. the show he watched the show he loved the show and he got to he got to sit ringside and manage a couple of wrestlers during the show and now one he, of the guys that was in the main event uh rode back in the car with uh with us to take him back to his hotel just right mm-hmm. quick there in dyersburg and he told him straight up he said if you ever talk to wwe again use me as a reference and back in the day this is how close J.J. Dillon was. It was him, Vince McMahon, and Pat Patterson sitting around v- Vince McMahon's pool in his backyard booking the WWF mm. late 80s to early 90s. So that gives you an idea. <laughs> and he came up with Yokozuna. The, really? ma- the man came wow. up with Yokozuna. The man came up with uh, renaming Tony Atlas Saba Simba. And he he straight up told us, he says, Vince McMahon can take all the credit in the world for the gobbledygooker. (laughs) 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 He said, because that was his idea. (laughs) So, um, now, what was the big main event at the NWA Mid-South Show? It was Steve Anthony and uh, Roderick Strong for the NWA Junior Heavyweight title. How was the match? That was uh, probably the best main event I've seen in my entire time in independent wrestling. What was the finish? Who won? Um, With all the... You know, high spots and everything. It ended with a low blow, and you know. Now they brought J.J. Dillon from what you told me last week in to be part of a heel stable, yes, right? The yes, Empire? it's it's the Empire. It's a brand new thing. Uh, well, not I wouldn't call it brand new. I'm, I'm misspoke there. Um, they've been around for a good two or three years now, at least. Um, it's uh, Matt Riviera, who is actually partially a reality TV star. Uh, he was on Megan Wants to Be a Million... Megan oh, Wants no. to Marry a Millionaire, <laughs> I think, was the show. Wait, who, which, who was he on that show? Uh, he was... Uh, he was he was Loverboy Matt or something like that. Mr. 5.5 was, uh, was his nickname on that show. And then uh, he was on Millionaire Matchmaker. Uh, went and... Uh, was on there. Uh, I, was, I saw him on Millionaire Matchmaker. He actually made me laugh. It was pretty funny. Um, but he was he's a reality TV star slash pro wrestler slash owns his own construction company. And uh, it just, you know, 
it's it's funny to see Matt in different lights and everything, and I I, I get to know Matt personally, and he's a hilarious. But uh, Matt Revere is one of them. Tim Storm's one of them. Tim Storm's uh, I, I think he's originally from Texas, uh, or has mainly stayed in that area in the last few years uh, wrestling. And uh, Tim Storm uh, actually uh, won and unified the TCW heavyweight title and the NWA Mid South unified heavyweight title uh won both those titles that night uh, greg anthony golden boy greg anthony beat jason kincaid the super eight tournament winner oh wow, wow. Um, yeah yeah uh greg anthony he's a part of the empire um they had uh, a manager that let's see they got uh pretty to- pretty boy tony i think or pretty tony i think um and He's a dwarf (laughs) (laughs) with a cane. (laughs) Walked out there and, uh, you know, did his manager thing. And uh, we got Boyd Bradford, too. Um, Let's see. That was, I mean, they got a huge stable. So, I mean, and, you know, they're just, you know, they're making themselves a well-known and a dominant force in the wrestling business. And which is, you know, they're raising eyebrows. They're getting known. They're, They're turning heads. They're raising, you know making people aware of who they are, which is what you have to do. Well, get out there, folks. Get out to the NWA Mid-South out in Dyersburg. Follow them on Twitter, at NWA Mid-South. Is that right? Yes. NWA underscore Mid-South. Oh, NWA underscore Mid-South. Get out and follow them. It's, this podcast is going – eventually we're going to move to more of a local focus. Right now we're talking a lot of WWE, but the heart of this show is going to be – local Memphis wrestling, and we're mm-hmm. going to get some of these guys on. I want to talk to them, oh, yeah. and hopefully they can, we can get our word out to them and they get their word out through us. Let's go to Raw this week. Uh, this Raw was very, 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 very good Raw. Um, highlights of it include Dean Ambrose getting it. He's going to be a part of the um, World Heavyweight Championship match at payback. at payback. I like that. That's. I was shocked that they actually added him in. I thought when I when he won that match, my jaw dropped. Like, wow, Dean Ambrose is getting a push into this, mm-hmm. and it's going to be interesting to see. Like, you know, this is a Shield reunion. Yeah, the three guys that formed the Shield are in this match. I think they're kind of wasting it. I, thought, I, it think was, I thought it would have been WrestleMania last year. I mean, it, or this it, next year, but I don't even care what pay per view it was on. But it would have just been better if it was just the three former members of S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, it makes you wonder what they're going to do in that match. I have hopes. Uh, but I'll, I'll probably <laughs> save that for next week when we, we do yeah. predictions and stuff. I'm just happy a guy like Ambrose. I am a big, big Dean Ambrose fan. I think he is tremendous on the microphone, a uh, great seller, works hard in the ring, you know, and he, he gets how to use his mannerisms um, and how to – Really, he, he's really good at selling. Like when the Shield, that first uh, pay per view match, the Shield, uh, I forgot who they took on, but Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins took a suplex onto a ladder. And Dean had this perfect look on the face. You know, it almost damn near brought him to tears. Mm-hmm. And it was such a inter- very entertaining match. I you can't, I, Dean Ambrose is one of their future guys, and it's going to be great to see him. I saw a, uh, I think it's a segment tape for SmackDown this week, and uh, it leaked out online somewhere. But uh, it's got the four of them in the ring, and they're doing a contract signing. Yeah, and that's going to be on SmackDown. <laughs> and you must have seen the same thing, did you? 
Well, I didn't see. I, I've I've read about it. Okay. Apparently. Well, apparently, uh, well, I watched it. So, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> well, right after, hopefully, by the time people listen to this, they've already watched SmackDown. Right. Smackdown, Smackdown, Smackdown's on right, right now while we're recording. Right now, yeah. So. <clears throat> but uh, there's you know the four of them in the ring, and uh, you know Kane, uh, freaking uh, Rollins comes out, and he starts running them all down and trying to turn them against one another and everything, and then. Uh, you know, <laughs> so that he's mentioning each one, you know, about, oh, you know, Dean, you used to call, you know, Roman this and that and the other. And you said the only reason, uh, you know, Orton was in the company was because of his old man and, you know, and this, that and the other, you know. And so he, he he picked on each one and turned them against right, the other right. two, you know, you know, so that made for made for a good little bit there. And then uh, so then like all of a sudden Kane, who's who's like kind of orchestrating the whole thing. He's sitting there, and him and Amber, him and Rollins get to arguing again. Well, uh, Ambrose, pull, while while they're arguing, you know, they're not paying any attention to Ambrose. Ambrose pulls both the desk chairs back, pushes the uh, pushes the table over to the corner of the ring, <laughs> and it, like Roman Reigns and Orton are kind of just sitting there watching him in their chairs. <laughs> and they're both, you know, finally everybody stops and everybody's looking at Ambrose, and then Ambrose goes, "Look, we all, we all know." What's going to happen here? I got dibs on the table. <laughs> <laughs> so just that, just that character of Ambrose, you know, he's like just coming out, you know, and he's like, I got the, I got dibs on the table, and then they all, they all four went at it, and, you know, start beating the hell out of one another, and you know, <laughs> he's hilarious. great at playing the crazy. Oh yeah, I think uh, that match at Payback is going to be highly entertaining. I have, I have a good feeling for oh, it. Yeah. It's three, four good workers. I'll even call Roman Reigns a good worker because after that he impressed me with that Big Show match. I yes. mean, him and, and they that did a lot impressive. of great stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he needed that. Some of the things I I really liked on Raw. I like where this New Day stable is going. <laughs> this is a great heel turn happening, and it's something that the WWE needs is more be- is better or better heels. They're pr- bringing up plenty of faces. Yeah, I mean, who are your top heels right now? You got Rollins. Rollins. Uh. Barrett. Yeah, Barrett's pretty but big. But Barrett, for a heel, he has a lot of people that actually root for oh, him. Yeah. Sheamus is starting to be uh, – Sheamus is a much better heel than yeah. he is a face. Yeah. I'd, I'd much rather see him in a heel role than, Rusev. than in a face. And Rusev. And Rusev's about to start getting major heat if he starts sending Lana to the back because none of yeah. the guys on that show yeah. that go watch these shows are not going to be happy to see uh, – Lana at ringside, and that that moment she had with Fandango when she started Fandangoing, that oh, was yeah. great. She got a huge pop, and <laughs> you know I think that they really have big plans for Lana, and it's starting to come true. And I, yeah. she's a great performer. I don't know if I want to see her wrestling per se, but as far as I I want to, I just I think she's better in a in a, in a valet role. She's a Miss Elizabeth. She's not. But we haven't seen her wrestle yet. You haven't well, seen her wrestle. That, that's yet, true. So you that's can't true. really form an opinion out of it, you know. Well, um, speaking of divas, Tamina, Tamina Snuka made her appearance back. Good to I see her back. Tamina. She is, she she's a good heel diva too. I'll tell you, I mean, the, she, the one person that scared me when I was backstage was Tamina Snuka because <laughs> she almost broke my hand when she shook it. And I'm telling you right now, there wasn't a single person backstage that even come close to the grip that she put on my hand. 
not Big Show, not nobody. <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of reminds you of uh, what of what they told said about um, Medusa and Arn Anderson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> running from her, and what she's running after him with her heels on <laughs> her hand, trying to hit him. But uh, Sami Zayn made his appearance or mm-hmm. made his debut this week. Hurt his shoulder immediately. <laughs> but you know, getting in the ring. But you know, that being said. Hellacious match. Still put on Hell yeah. match. With a great shoulder yeah, he put on. Great match. debut. And, you know, something about his debut reminded me of actually when John Cena made his debut against Kurt Angle. Yeah. It was very, very similar, except, you know, John Cena's, of course, not in a heel role, but there's something very John Cena esque about him coming yep. in, and the fans accepted him well. I mean, he can do some crazy well, he's things. He's from Montreal, yeah. so well, there's a homecoming yeah. for him, you know. But and, he, and it was great seeing Brett introduce him oh yeah 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 i I thought they were gonna do something with cesar on kid but thank god that he brought him i still love that move he does with diving through the ring ropes tornado yeah Yeah, Yeah. that is so cool i'm really excited well now we probably won't get to see him for a couple of months now because who knows how bad his shoulder injury is but you know same with uh hideo hitami yeah yeah i heard he's out too he just messed up his shoulder for. He's Stop messing up. up your shoulders, jeez! <laughs> but you know they're starting to get it when they're debuting these new characters from NXT. They're nailing. I think they're nailing it with Adrian Neville. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. I mean, and you know, for it was a little. It was a little bit of a tweaking there on the ring gear, and you know, that's coming fine. coming to the ring, the entrance and stuff like that, the introduction. There was a little bit of tweaking there, but that's it. That's all you need. You just need that little bitty change. Yep. You don't need to go and. Ascension it <laughs> <laughs> and change everything. Well, the Ascension, they had a match this week. They did have a match. Did they win or did they lose? No, they lost. <laughs> of course. I'm so C- sick. Cesaro and Kid. <laughs> <laughs> Send them back to NXT by now. It's it's time yeah. to, uh, if you're not going to do anything with two guys that could be powerhouses. I, re- I read on a, I read on a pretty good site, you know, the other day that, uh, you know that it's uh, it was considered a fail them coming up to the main roster. It was pretty much well, considered yeah, and a I fail saw the same thing. You know? And it's not. I wouldn't blame it on the performers. It's not the performers' not. fault in it's, this instance. It is not their fault. The, whoever, at all. whoever was the genius that said, "Hey, y'all come in and talk crap about demolition and yeah. Legion of Doom." Whoever told them to cut that promo should be shot in the head. Yes, I don't advocate violence, but. <laughs> But I'll have somebody shot in the head. Shoot him in the head. Wrestling. Shoot him in the head with a Nerf gun. Is that all right? I'll say that because several times. Hit him, they, in, the head. <laughs> Hit him in the head with a coconut. They had with a coconut. They could, <laughs> if they would have brought him in as just powerhouse brutes and not even put him on the mic, just have him go out there, destroy people. I mean, that's all they leave. did in the next T. That's exactly all, all they did. Why, yeah. They why? ran straight rough shot over just about everybody and anybody they came up against in NXT, and then boom. You know, you bring them to the main roster, and they're just a punchline. It is episode five of the Oversell podcast, and I'm still bitching about the Ascension. I know. You know what? While we're on it, <laughs> we're all bitching th- this about is, it. This is the official episode five. We've done more than that. Wait, okay. <laughs> episode five for you people to hear. Um, but there's other. You know, we're still bitching about the Ascension. I'm still gonna. I'll go ahead and get this out because I I seem to say it every week. Natalia's still not fighting for the Divas title as a travesty. <laughs> we're done with it. I've already said it this episode, but. Tag team wrestling, they can do it. The one thing would be you're building up your tag team division. I think New Day holding the NWA or NWA, the WWE tag team titles. I think that is great because you built a new tag team, a new heel tag team that's getting a reaction from the crowd. Yeah, 
they're getting heat. Yeah. Who would have thought that wrestlers could get heat still? Because they don't try. But it, I'm, it, they're starting to do the right things. But one of those things has to be get more tag teams, give more pushes. And yeah. the Ascension would be perfect for that. Yep. I still like Cesaro and Kid. I think yeah. they're great chasing the title. Um, I even like the primetime players. I think they're highly entertaining. Mm-hmm. I think I'd like them more in a goofball heel role. You right. know, it'd be fun to see them get their butts kicked type of thing. But I, I still like those guys. I, Darren Young, I think, is a hell of a performer. I love his finisher that kind of like go to sleep except he knees him in the gut or something. Right. Really cool looking finisher. Thoughts on tag team wrestling, guys? What I read, it was actually a tweet from uh, Curtis Axel. He's actually, if people don't know yet, uh, this week Damian Sandow came out and he came out as was it Macho Mandow. Macho Mandow. Where he's, you know, imitating Macho Man, basically. <laughs> and we all know Curtis Axel has been doing the Axelmania. Uh, there's rumors now that they're going to team up for a little bit and oh, have their own little cool. mega powers. That'd be great. You know, I kind of want to like that. I would rather see them. I want to see them feuding with each other. What what he what uh, Axel tweeted? It was something to the effect of I don't know what uh, Mandel's doing or whatever, but something about the Ascension. Like they're gonna have a short feud with the Ascension. Oh God! <laughs> so <laughs> there are so many things I want to say, I, I, but I'm, I'm say gonna, them. You have an open mic. I, <laughs> Who wins in that feud? Who wins? Who can get a push out of that feud? Neither one of them. It would not help either one of them. Well, see, that that is where you start, like, you stop <coughs> thinking about wins and losses. Right. See, that's, that's, that's one of the common misconceptions in wrestling, in professional wrestling. It's essentially like, Mike, I know you're a basketball guy. Derek, I know you're a football guy. Yep. Everything Go Bucks. Everything's wins and losses. In yeah. basketball and in football, everything's wins and losses. You switch to pro wrestling, who's keeping track or what? You know, right. you have a you have a number one contenders match occasionally, and then you know that guy's won so many matches. Okay, well, he gets a number one contenders match. Okay, and then you get the number one contenders match and everything. But you look at his record before then; he hadn't done anything. You right, know? right. <laughs> it's just a push over the last you know two or three you know months that built that character into that now if you look at an overall picture and you look at how many wins and losses i have i had in six or seven years everything probably evened itself out because i went from being a heel to a face right and then from being a face to a heel but i was more i was more heel than i was face and to get a heel over you got to do some you know you got to beat the hell out of the baby face and get over and yeah, beat him any way possible and everything. So when you when you think about it in a professional wrestling perspective, everything's not wins and losses. You so. know, I actually kind of have a stat that can back that up. Joseph Butler, friend of the program, sent me a text the other day. Uh, over the past two years, Kane has wrestled in 203 matches. Okay. Guess how many he has won? Like 19. 20, 30? S- 16. Okay. 203 matches. So, cool. What do I win? You win. <laughs> Slap to the face. <laughs> but <clears throat> wins and losses at some point do matter if they're done the right way or the wrong way. Yeah. Um, Bray Wyatt, la- last year, that whole thing with Cena, 
was just well, see, not well done. And there and and there you go. But that he was still in the picture. He was still in the picture. They didn't take in anything away from Bray Wyatt. Right. You know, he may have he may have went away for a little bit to sell an injury or, you know, to do a little bit more training, to get a little bit more better on the mic or something like that. And then like a month later they plug him right back into something else. Yeah, and guess what? That feud didn't really pay off either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's t- it's TV time. That's true. The man's getting paid to be on TV. The man's getting the pay-per-view payoff. They, He's getting this. He's they've getting got that, to fill these three-hour shows somehow, exactly. right? Exactly. So he's got his spot on the roster. He has he has whittled his little chair out what? in the log of Raw and SmackDown what? and pay-per-views and everything else, and he's he's got it there, and he's got his spot, and that that's where they need that character. So it's it, it you've goes got a dark character because you, yeah. you don't have the Undertaker, right? Twenty four seven, you got Bray, you know, so. and and he's one of those guys that knows how to maximize his minutes. When he he gives you a promo, it's it's going to be damn one of the damn best promos you're going to hear oh, yeah. every time he's on the mic. And yeah. you know, it goes back to, you know, when Miz got his big push. Mm-hmm. The whole thing behind it was like, you know, we don't think you're this big star, but you're going out there week after week and the time you're what you're giving us in your time is incredible. You want to be on TV and I wish Miz would kind of get back to that because I I, I like the Miz. Not yeah, I I'm gonna guess I'm gonna catch some flack for that one, but I've been a fan of the Miz since he came into the WWE. <laughs> but you know, you these these guys are they're starting to WWE starting to get in it. Hopefully, they can build off this past Raw because it was extremely good. It sucks the ratings weren't as good, but I'd rather have good stories than high ratings because right. that's how you're gonna build on ratings yeah. from having good stories. I agree. Anything else, guys? From about from the, Raw, from, from Raw. Raw, we were yeah. <laughs> we went off on a tangent there. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anything else on Raw? I think we really really hit the good high points from it. Yeah. Um, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, first we got some Twitter suggestions for a couple of matches. Then Derek, me, you. I am bringing <laughs> the best fantasy match card you guys are going to hear. I am so excited for you guys to hear it. We shall see. <laughs> I think I think I got you beat. What we'll do right. is we'll put a poll up on the website with all of our matches. Yeah, and maybe we can get people to go vote on them. Sounds great. All or right, or make their own. Make their own with combining all of ours. Yeah, there you go. There you go. But we are going to take a quick break. We'll. Welcome back to the Oversell Podcast. In a minute, I'm going to get to my fantasy match card. But before we do that, let's do quick housekeeping. Follow us on Twitter at Oversell Podcast. I am at Shropenuts, S-C-H-R-O-E-P-N-U-T-S. I am at One Dangerous Dan, all spelled out. At WolfMike23. Also, be sure to check out our website, OversellPodcast.com. You can go there now on your iPhone, click the little button, and you'll automatically be subscribed to iTunes. And then, like we said earlier, give us five-star rating, leave us a comment, tell them what we're doing good and what we're doing bad. Before we get into my matches, let's reach out to the Twitter uh, Gil Arcia, TBC, one of, he's, he writes for at a website called The Bay Cave that covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. And he's an awesome mm-hmm. writer, but he had a couple of matches for us. Um, first of them, and I can't believe either, none of us said, none of you guys actually brought this one up because it would have been good. I guess it's too common or knowledge. But um, Andre the Giant versus The Big Show. Mm. There's not a ring strong enough to hold if both of them took a bump at the exact same time. No. <laughs> nope. I mean, two probably going to go down in history as two of the greatest big guys to ever wrestle. Yeah. I mean, 
we all know Andre the Giant and what he did for the business and Big Show. You know his time in WCW is really good. Um, his longevity, yeah, I mean, is he's, impressive. And part of that, uh, what what's cool about that is part of his longevity is he bought a bus. Mm-hmm. And yeah, instead yeah. of scrunching up into some car with his knees to his gut, yep, uh, he has a driver that drives him around. Yeah, yeah. so. I mean, he. There's some guys that are uh, lifers, you know, and uh, I know they were they were worried about uh, show's health here. Uh, it wasn't. It probably wasn't within the last few years, but it was probably within the last ten years that they just took him off of TV and let him have some time to himself and get healthy. Yeah, Lou, uh, he lost some weight. Yeah, lose some weight and do whatever. And right. he might be on the verge of taking some more time off of him because he's getting rather portly. Getting back <laughs> up there. Well, that and he's been working really, really hard here lately. Yes, too. he has. I mean, oh yeah, yes, he that has. match at Extreme Rules was great, and every he's this year he seems to just been working his ass off. You know, he had that big. Um, match at the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. I mean, mm-hmm. he's... Which is still hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> Try to say that five <laughs> times fast, you won't win. Um, let's go to Gil's next match. He had Rocky Johnson versus The Rock. Father versus son. Now, Rocky Johnson was a very charismatic, very energetic wrestler himself. And, you know, I think both of them got a crazy similarity. They both got their starts down here in Memphis. Right. They yep. brought uh, Rocky Johnson in, I think, as a character named uh, Sweet Ebony Diamond or something Sweet like that. Sweet Ebony Diamond. And he, yes, wore, yeah. he wore a mask mm-hmm. and then you know, went on to the WWE, achieved the success he is. You know, uh, it's funny because uh, I was at a show. It's funny you actually mentioned that name because I was at a show and uh, my tag team partner at the time, they they said, oh, my my, my partner's name is Kevin Charles, Okay. So we send we send their name the name out and everything and we bring them back and everything and then all of a sudden we see Sweet Ebony Diamond is one of the names on the card and we're like who in the hell is Sweet Ebony Diamond <laughs> <laughs> and I was like they all looked at him and go you are <laughs> <laughs> and it was and you know we were like who who the hell are you talking about you know and we got a lesson all of a sudden on you know from Burt Prentice about hey uh. Soul Man Rocky Jansen was Sweet Ebony Diamond, and he made a name for himself out of that name. And you know, you should be honored. You know, we're like, <laughs> okay, whatever, Bert. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a surprise, you know. But just a little side note there. That, I thought that'd be a funny fu- story. No, that's a real there. funny story. <laughs> we all know the success the Rock achieved. Probably, if he's not the greatest superstar to ever come out of the WWE, he's one of them. Oh yeah. I mean, up there with names like Hogan, Macho Man, those type of guys. I mean. Right. The the rock is, the rock is the rock. It would be a great match, man. I can I can imagine the stuff they do to play off each other. Oh yeah, and it, that, another great suggestion. Last one he had Ultimate Warrior versus Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Man, I can imagine the Undertaker actually getting pissed when the under or not, I'm sorry, the Ultimate Warrior getting pissed when the Undertaker did his no sell stuff. I mean that was booked, <laughs> but it never happened. You know, yeah, it was a book. There was a build for it. You know, the little Jake the Snake Roberts ordeal where he's right. You know, never getting, trust a snake. Never trust a snake. <laughs> yeah, had that creepy music. Trust me, <laughs> yeah, Jake the Snake man. He was he was a guy that just got it. Oh yeah, he had it, and it, I loved. I, I was creeped out by Jake the Snake and his snakes, but. One of the one of the guys that never really had a body, but had all the psychology in the world. Great, one of the greatest minds in the wrestling business. Proved that was all you needed. That's right. That's right. Great matches, Gil. Go give him a follow on Twitter at Gil Arcia TBC. That's A R C I A, 
at Gil Arcia TBC, and go check out his website, thebaycave.com, and learn about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now on to my fantasy match card. Guys, I've been thinking about this since last week. <laughs> Actually, I've been thinking about this for the past three weeks, and I, I think I got you guys beat. You're gonna When you hear some of these card <laughs> wrestling matches, you're going to be like, damn it, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> uh, we'll st- see. Starting first, the match I'd have opened my card, the Iron Sheik versus Rusev. Mm, oh, right. man. <laughs> I don't know who would be the heel, who would be in the face, but Rusev right now, I, for a guy with his build and his size, I don't think I've ever seen a better athlete. Yeah. And the Iron Sheik is the Iron Sheik, and I would actually – I'd want the Iron Sheik cut a promo now, but wrestle like he did back in the <laughs> oh, day. Yeah. Fuck you. Bullshit. <laughs> no, bullshit. He, the Rusev has the Rice Krispie balls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think it also – there would be a lot of entertainment in this match. I mean, maybe they could fight for who gets to represent Mother Russia or, I get, no, or what country is greater, Iran or Russia or whatever. Right, you know, right, go back. Yeah. <laughs> but the, I, it'd, be, it'd be highly entertaining if you that just give the, if you get the Iron Sheik to yeah. cut a promo on Rusev, especially these days because <laughs> when he just doesn't give a crap. And we'll see him cut the promo on Lana. Oh, oh, yeah. I'd love to hear what he would say about that. Oh, yeah. oh my We God. can't say that on this podcast <laughs> yeah, because they'd probably get a little too <laughs> dirty. But, man, Rusev. Rusev has a lot of good things going for him, and at the end of this year, he should be in a title hunt, I think. Yeah. Um, he's going to get a lot of major heat when him and Lana break up, because oh, yeah. everyone's oh, going to yeah. go to Lana, and everyone's going to be booing the shit out of him. Have y'all had a chance to watch the uh, the Iron Sheet documentary? It's on Netflix. Yeah, I'm going to Netflix. watch it. I haven't watched okay. it. I heard it's awesome. Yeah, I've, I've seen it. It's it's great. And, you know, he it, does it talk about the uh, courtroom incident that he almost had in the movie? Can't, I think so. You know, because he was going to cut. He had a razor blade in his hand. He was going to cut the dude's throat that killed his daughter. And yeah, I mean, they, they yeah, the they, family they went had over, to hold him back. And yeah, they they went over a lot of that. It was really well done, and it's and it's not a WWE produced documentary. So I mean, it. So yeah, they can pretty much say whatever they it, want to. Right, <laughs> but but there's a there's a lot of uh, they had a lot of good interviews. You know, the the Rock had a big part in it. Uh, Jim Ross. Uh, there was a lot of. You know WWE guys nice. that, that well, they were a part of it. You know I'm the Iron Sheik. Have to catch that. Yeah, it's, it's yeah great. and the Iron Sheik, you know, came through a territory that produced a lot of superstars over the years. The AWA, mm-hmm. and that's where he learned his craft from Vern Gagne, and then ended up going WWE. And you know, he was he's one of the biggest heels that the WWE ever had because oh, at the time, absolutely. you know, nationalism. You know, Hulk mm-hmm. Hogan fighting him. He was just he was a great heel draw. Oh yeah. Next match. This is going to be a fatal four-way match. Uh-oh. And wait till you hear the names. This was, The promos for this one would be insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, the match would be violent. <laughs> and it would be one of the most entertaining matches you get. Dean Ambrose versus okay. Raven. Okay. Versus Rowdy Roddy Piper. Okay. Versus the loose cannon Brian Pillman. Nice. Beat that. I, can, I don't even know <laughs> if any of the other matches I have on the card could beat that. <laughs> I mean, just imagine... Those guys, Raven, in his time in WCW, could cut the hell out of a promo. Oh, yeah. And we all know Piper. I mean, Piper was just as crazy. And when Brian Pillman came into the WWE, that whole angle with him having a gun and Stone Cold Steve Hall. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got Dean Ambrose on top of that, which I think if you combined the other three, you would get Dean Ambrose. Oh, yeah. And that's what I think would be Mm -hmm. cool about this match because, I mean, we know Dean Ambrose has grown up a fan of the business. He marked out when Jake the Snake (laughs) – Puts the snake great. on top yeah. of him and smiling. <laughs> um, 
it would be very violent. I don't think it would be a technical wrestling fest at all. No. no there would be no, no, no. a lot of punches, a lot of wrapped fists. Oh, yeah. A lot of... Just, there'd be chairs involved. There'd be, there'd, 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 be, I mean, there'd be chaos, and it would be one of the coolest matches I think you could ever see. Oh, yeah. We all know the success, success Piper achieved. I th- he was probably, like Iron Sheik, one of the greatest heels. I mean, he, he helped Hulk Hogan get to the Hulk Hogan level oh, right yeah. after WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, Raven, like we said, ECW was one of the core guys of ECW and what made ECW what he was. And when Raven was in the cult, or when he had his cult, I mean, it, he just... he Talking about the Raven's flock. Yeah, the yeah. Raven's flock. And, you sure know, he you had that... You sure you don't want Johnny Polo in that match? <laughs> no, no, we don't want Johnny Polo. <laughs> but, like, some of those promos he cut about the Sandman, you know, when they're doing that thing with his gimmick and his kid. And, oh, yeah. And the Sandman's ex-wife, and then, you know, the stuff he did with Tommy Dreamer. That Raven and Tommy Dreamer was so good. Oh, yeah. Tommy Dreamer couldn't beat him for the longest time. Finally did, and then Tommy Dreamer got his ass kicked by Jerry Lawler. No. That's a whole other story for another day. <laughs> but, man, these but four guys. But those people would probably interfere in this match. Yes, yes. <laughs> these four guys would just beat the hell out of each other for 25 minutes. I think it would be the most, a very extremely entertaining match. There would be a lot of blood. I mean, you'd have to have this, and this would have to happen in an ECW event, or there, House of Hardcore, or something like that. It would definitely spill out of the ring and into the backstage. And yep, yep. All right, next match. Now, this is a guy who, my next match, I picked a guy who I think was doing hardcore wrestling before hardcore wrestling was even thought of, mm-hmm. and then another guy that um, defined hardcore. Jackie Fargo, the fabulous one. All right. From Memphis. You know, ma- right. big Memphis wrestler. All right, you got my attention. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, Fo- Jack Fargo versus Mick Foley. Ooh. All oh, right. man. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm killing it on this list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mick Foley, you know, he was, when you look up hardcore in the dictionary, there's a picture of Mick Foley. Mm-hmm. There's like four pictures of him. <laughs> well, and <laughs> all of them, he's got, you know, a broken nose, two knocked out teeth. Stuff like that. The, that hell, in his nose. The Hell in a Cell match with Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Two of the craziest bumps you could ever see in a wrestling match. Um, and countless other hardcore matches and stuff like that. I mean, the hardcore title was built for him. But Jackie Fargo, when he was in Memphis, man, he was in brutal brawls. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's one of the reasons Jerry Lawler got to the prominence he did. Yep. But he wasn't, you know, he wasn't the best technical wrestler. He wasn't going to hit you with headlock takeovers and stuff. He was in that ring to fight you. Mm-hmm. He was going to hit you with fists after fist after fist. At TCW, when TCW came to Memphis here about uh, three or four years ago, uh, Jackie Fargo uh, was with us in the backstage area and everything, and I, I I got to drive him back to his hotel room that night. But after my match, I come back to the, to the, the uh, curtain, and there was only two people who would watch my match. And it was Jackie Fargo and Chris Masters. Wow. And uh, ja- both of them were, were, like, clapping me. I was like, oh, okay, wow. That's approval there. Because <laughs> 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 I was like, uh, you, don't get the, you don't get that kind of approval every day with right. Chris Masters and uh, Jackie Fargo watching you. But uh, it, just, it was just a few short years before Jackie had died, too. Or, yeah, you know. it's, it's so and, sad. Uh, he was writing sports statistic books. And uh, was living somewhere, I want to say, over in North Carolina somewhere, maybe? Or down in mm-hmm. Florida? Mm-hmm. But uh, it was just a few short years before he passed away and everything. And I got I got to meet and talk to, and he got to watch my match. And 
tell me I did a great job and everything, but right before he died, it was great. You know, and there's a movie out. I think you can get it on Amazon. It is called Memphis Heat: The True Story of Memphis Wrestling. Fantastic movie. Oh, it is so so good. And Jackie Fargo's featured prominently in it. Yes. You know, he was the first guy with one of those struts. You know, like the Ric Flair strut. That, mm-hmm. You know, and then he, we had the fabulous ones from him. But one thing I, I always liked that I heard in a story that Jerry Lawler told. Here's how he got. He understood psychology, and Jerry Lawler just cut a promo on him. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he got backstage, Jackie Fargo said, "You called me an old man." And Jerry Lawler was like, "Yeah, so what? what what's the big deal about me?" And he's like, "How's it going to look on Monday night in the Mid South Coliseum when an old man whoops your ass?" Mm-hmm. You know, he get, he got the psychology of right. promos and right. just a, just that kind of guy that got it working with someone like Mick Foley. Who Mick Foley's cut a damn good promo throughout his career, ECW. Mm-hmm. Coming to WWE, you know, doing the Mankind, the way he transitioned through Mankind and did all those other characters. Once again, very brutal match. <laughs> a lot of blood would be spilled. Jackie Fargo is one of those guys that had, you know, the blonde hair that was red. Oh, yeah. At the oh, yeah. End of some matches like Rick Flair. Yeah. He's putting together a very violent card. Yeah. I don't know if we should yeah. let him coach me. <laughs> well, I don't know. It, it only gets better from here. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> Next up on my card, I've got Jake the Snake Roberts. We were talking about him earlier. Okay. Very good psychologically. Oh, yeah. And a guy who I think channels Jake the Snake Roberts in a lot of his promos that he's cutting, especially these days. I think I know where you're going. Take a guess. Bray. Bray Wyatt. Uh-huh. <laughs> Man, <laughs> you know, I... I I could see this would be the only time where it'd be acceptable for like whenever Bray does his little inverted crab walk, mm-hmm. and Jake the Snake just stares at him like, "You think that's supposed to scare me? Yeah, oh yeah, I'm a great. snake. Things don't oh, scare me." Yeah, and, you know the promos and leading up to the match would be phenomenal. Jake the Snake, like, that would be the point where Jake would whip out the snake and put it on him, and he'd freak out or something. Yeah, yeah. That would yeah. be awesome. <laughs> Just lay it across him as he's doing that crab walk. Well, no, that d- would be no awesome. when he goes when he starts doing the crab walk, Jake just goes and gets his bag and holds it in front of Bray and Bray's like Bray just stops like mm-hmm. you're supposed to be scared right now. Yeah. Snake <laughs> and, and Bray, Jake just say snakes don't fear the thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I said, I, I'm not picking technical matches at all. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> but this would be another brawl you know i I really like bray style that he has he can he's very quick for a guy his size Mm -hmm. um and i he would pull off a perfect match i think with jake the snake you know the ddt versus sister abigail Mm -hmm. and just i can i I can only imagine i think i went for matches that i knew the promos and the build-up right would be perfect for because these two guys would be cut some of the darkest promos you could oh, yeah. you could imagine on each other. They'd be going places, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think I don't think the crowd would be uh, too happy at all. They'd probably be like, "What the hell is going on here?" But mm-hmm. it, they would be enthralled because these are two just characters that Bray is Bray is not Mike Rotunda anymore, or whatever his name was. Uh, Husky William Harris. Rotunda. He's not well. His real name. He's a Rotunda. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not. That ain't he is Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. He has become this character, like the Undertaker. Oh, yeah. Like Mark Calloway has become the Undertaker. Yep. Bray has become Bray. He, I I heard a radio interview on from a radio show I used to listen to in Tampa, and he was not breaking character. No. He's like, yeah, man, like, this is me, man. I just I, and it, it it was amazing. Mm-hmm. 
And, and you I don't mean, see that these days. Anymore. That's the way that they get trained. Now, whether the training takes or not is up to the wrestler. Right. But that was one of the things that uh, when I went and had my tryout that Regal was telling us, you know, is just like, you are that character. You can't, you have to think, you know, well, how would that character react if he went to the supermarket and bought milk? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, how would he react to, you know, going and getting gas at the gas station? How would he react to going to sleep at night? You know, you have to think about that character 24 seven. You are that character. So, I mean, it, it's, and a, he, it's, he plays it to the hilt. I mean, he, uh, he does a magnificent job. Uh, and I wish more, we don't really have these colorful characters like Bray Wyatt, like mm-hmm. Jake, the snake Roberts anymore. But you're living in the reality era. It's That's it's true. Yeah, it, I mean, they, it's true. not the attitude era anymore where you can throw anything out there and get a, get get a rise out of somebody. You're living in the reality era. People don't buy into the characters as much as they used to. So, I I wish I wish we could get more characters like Bray Wyatt, not just like Bray Wyatt, right, but just right. more. Yeah, characters. I'm going to move on to my next match. This one would have a little bit more technical aspect to it. Um, and it would be kind of it's kind of like a new versus old iteration iteration. Mm-hmm. The Hart Foundation, the original Hart Foundation, hmm. um, Brett the Hitman Hart, Jim the Anvil Nightheart mm-hmm. versus Cesaro and Kid. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. You have Cesaro, who's the powerhouse. You have Nightheart, who's would, the would powerhouse. Would Jimmy Hart be managing? Sure. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I said the original Hart Foundation. Throw Jimmy in there. That'd be great. <laughs> Cesaro, and, Cesaro and Brett in his prime. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, Kid and Brett in his prime would pull off some good technical wrestling. You know, um, more high. F- Kid can handle the high flying stuff. Right. Brett, Brett could even do a couple good things from the top rope, and then you have the bull strength of Jim the Anvil, Nightheart, and Cesaro. Oh yeah, Cesaro is one strong man, dude. Oh, I mean, it's just it's so. I I I said it on Facebook the other day. It is so refreshing to see Cesaro what a build like he has and be so powerful as he is. Right. Because it just proves to you you don't have to be big to be powerful. I pulled off some serious feats of strength when I was a wrestler. I was body slamming guys that were 300 pounds. I'm not built like Ryback or anybody like that, you know, but I worked out. I I got a good frame under me when I was wrestling and everything. I haven't worked out in a year. You look at me right now and you see my bully hanging out (laughs) over my (laughs) waist. You know, I look like I've, you know... Went to the you pizza. Look fine, Dan. You I look, look, look fine. like I went to the pizza buffet one too many times this year. So, well, you probably which have, I have. I have. <laughs> <laughs> That's the life of being a retired guy, right? That's right. <laughs> I can do that because um, it makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> the Hart Foundation uh, won several WWE Tag Team Championships. Several. Yes. Then we, you know, we had the other iterations, but there is nothing right. better, I think, than Brett and. The Anvil, just because, you know, it was two guys, and when the first time I saw him, I was like, why are those dudes wearing pink? Mm-hmm. Okay, who cares that they're wearing pink? Yep. <laughs> they kick ass. And, you know, mm-hmm. when Brett first came in as the Hart Foundation, he wasn't that good at cutting a promo. And no, no, it was he something wouldn't. he got better at. But you see, that that's that's really cool, though, because you get to look back now at the evolution of Bret Hart. It's like he turned a ta- a, one half of a tag team into – one of the greatest technical workers of all time. Yeah, yeah. Just like Shawn Michaels did. Yeah. He turned one half of a tag team into one of the best showmen of all time. You know, Which 
that turn that Shawn Michaels had when he turned on Marty Jannetty, mm-hmm. that's probably one of the greatest heel turns. That, that yeah, oh, yeah. Oh. one of the one of the most epic heel turns of any you know of all time. I really. still can't get the thought of him throwing Marty Jannetty through that glass window. Yeah, and that was, and it, it's <laughs> still brought up to this day. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's such a crazy moment, but I really like what the WWE is doing with Cesaro and Kid. Like we said earlier, they're great at they should be chasing the title they even they were great as champions i i hope i'm just happy they're not <laughs> stuck <got> with some <laughs> dumb <laughs> i got to say why the uh kayfabe news uh do you do you guys i, I saw the, i see the <laughs> posts <laughs> you make all the time <laughs> I got, god man uh, they they crack me up it's a fake it's a fake wrestling news thing and it's hilarious it's like they the make jokes and everything oh god it's hilarious uh the one of the one of the things last or uh, this past uh couple of days was uh Sami Zayn demoted to main roster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh but one of the things I saw that brought that uh brought to mind the uh, uh the Shawn Michaels Marty Jannetty thing was like uh I saw I saw one one day it said Shawn Michaels finally replaced Brutus the Barber Beefcake for Barbershop Window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um great match. I I, I think my card is kicking ass here uh, literally go for it man let's hear some more all right yeah. my co-main event one of my last two cards fabulous Freebirds. oh you know made their name in the sportatorium fighting the von erics mm-hmm. versus the shield okay come on now you, you what you said Freebirds, right not the fabulous. i'm sorry ones. not the fabulous Freebirds. the Freebirds. Okay. excuse me okay. just Freebirds. okay right, michael hayes those guys yeah versus the shield come on come at me yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, this card, and wait, to, you're going to be so shocked at my main event, but let's talk about this card real quick. Freebirds were one of the first guys that had rock and roll music as their entrance. Oh, yeah. Bad Street, mm-hmm. USA. Um, three guys that, <clears throat> the program they had with the Von Erics, I think you can watch uh, on the WWE Network, maybe on Netflix, there is the tragedy that it was WCCW, mm-hmm. and it talks a lot about the Freebirds and the Von Erics. I mean, Stone Cold Steve Austin would go to the Sportatorium in Dallas to see the Freebirds and the Von Erics fight because yeah. it, it was such a big thing. And Freebirds were heels, and they loved to get booze. Oh, yeah. Michael Hayes with his crazy blonde hair coming out with, uh, didn't they have, like, the capes with uh, the, the Confederate flag, flag on yeah. it? Yeah. And, <laughs> um, man, and then you got the shield. The Shield, who's isn't one of the best stables to come along the past five years. Isn't it crazy, like, even to this day, that in the independent wrestling scenes, you got guys coming out with rebel flags on their thing? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the craziest thing ever, <laughs> you know. I just, I it the match immediately takes, you know, minus 120 IQ points when I see a rebel <laughs> flag on somebody's gear. Because <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm sorry if you're a good wrestler and you hear this and you have rebel flag gear, but, you know, I've wrestled too many guys with rebel flag gear to know. <laughs> <laughs> then you got the shield, and, you know, they're still – I loved what they did with the shield when they brought him in. I was like – I thought it was the coolest damn gimmick, them coming in and just <laughs> – for the first couple of weeks, it's just, hey, let's just beat the hell out of Ryback. So that was a great plus for it. But <laughs> oh, yeah. you started, when they started cutting those promos behind the scenes, and, you know, they're all taking the camera and taking their turns. Oh, yeah. You know, Dean Ambrose was kind of, to me, he was the leader. And, you know, yeah. he always seemed to get the best part of the promos. And Roman Reigns had the simple part, like, believe in the shield. And Seth Rollins, these three guys, 
it was such a great call up from Florida Championship Wrestling. I don't know if it was in NXT yet when they were called oh, they, up. Uh, they they were part of FCW. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But mm-hmm. ever since they've been on the roster, I, I I like all three guys. Roman Reigns. I know he's kind of. They seem like they kind of backed off the shoving down the throat a little bit. Right. I, I want the I want Roman Reigns to get a little looser now. He needs to loosen up just a little bit when he's cutting promos. Because well, you can still tell he's doing those pre-written promos. they got to get away from those, and this character will take off. I guarantee it. He, he's evolving, and this is what should have happened in the first place. But I think when he got injured, they panicked. Yeah. I really do. And I think it was a knee-jerk reaction to the injury, to do the Superstar of the Year thing, and a Royal Rumble thing, and all that stuff and everything. And it's like... I think it was all just a knee-jerk reaction. I really do. Because, you know, with him getting injured, that took away a lot of momentum. Oh, yeah. You know, you don't think about WrestleMania at Royal Rumble. You think about WrestleMania in August after SummerSlam. Oh, yeah. Before Survivor Series. You know, what are they leading into for WrestleMania next year? Well, that's that. those seeds are planted in Survivor Series and SummerSlam of this year, you right, know? Right, right. So, I mean, you know, you got to think, you know what's the what's the payoff? What's the payoff? But at the same time, is like he got injured. He got taken out of the game. He can't be superstar of the year if he was out most of the year with an injury. <laughs> yeah, that still mind boggles so, me that people would. And you know, is WWE probably rigging a vote for mm-hmm. the Slammies because the fans were supposed to vote in the Slammies, right? Uh, I don't think so. I, 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 are so. They? I think so. I are thought. They? And the fact that Roman Reigns won that over Daniel Bryan, I still refuse I to believe. I thought pretty much everything they do now is fan voting. Well, yeah. yeah. Download the WWE fat app, folks, and vote for what you think you're voting for, but we're really wanting you to vote for it. That's right. <laughs> you have a street right. fight, a, uh, a no disqualification. And a Beale Street back alley brawl. <laughs> 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 what the hell? I don't know. We're gonna, uh, let's, let's go on to my... Back to your card. Let's go. This is the, <laughs> this is the main event... Um, these two guys are the greatest draws in the company. There's one right now, and there's one that was. I can imagine this match in Madison Square Garden, a WrestleMania main event. The lights shine on him. These two guys in their prime. Hulk biker Hogan. Taker? Hulk Hogan. No, not the biker taker. Biker, <laughs> biker taker was taker. not on this card. And you know biker what sucks? Is like, you know how big of a fan of Chris Jericho I am? I didn't even put him on my card. We'll have yeah. to visit this again just so I can come up with a good match for Chris Jericho. Hulk Hogan versus, and this is going to shock everyone because they know me well, Hulk Hogan versus John Cena. Interesting. Yeah, I just picked John Cena to be in a main event match. <laughs> but against, like, just just take Hulk Hogan in his prime and put John Cena in, and you have something that could be greater than when Hulk Hogan took on the Ultimate Warrior. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the kids wouldn't know who to root for because we're talking about Hulk Hogan in his prime where every kid in the world had a red and yellow shirt. Right. Yeah. Nowadays, they have their Fruity Pebble shirt for John Cena. I mean, it would be a, a match of proportions that we probably would, wouldn't see ever again. Yeah, I, I would mean, agree with you. If, if Hogan in his prime and Cena would be a great match. And, you know, it would be great to see Hogan... Try to, I can just imagine Hogan going through the five moves of doom. For oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get, uh, 
he he leans down and does that you can't see me thing and Hulk immediately hulks up. And yeah, yeah, exactly. And take the shot. Ex- well, actually, no. He would get the he'd take the fore- forearm to the head, uh-huh. and then that's when he'd get up and he pointed. And John yeah. Cena would be able to play off the the Hulk up perfectly. Oh right? yeah. And I mean, I can just imagine the type of interviews these guys would do. The the highlight packages they would have before the match. Oh my god, it would just be incredible. And this is actually a match that Hogan has said he wanted. Yeah, he he said he would love to to go against Cena one time. Yeah, it and reminds guess, me reminds me of watching Hogan and Michaels. You know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Michaels was a dick in that match. <laughs> <laughs> He gets up and he sells that big boot and he falls back down again and then gets back up and then falls right back down again. I mean, that was that was hilarious, actually. But, I mean, still, it was like, you know. Well, if you look you at it. You know what he was doing. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Everybody could tell him what he was doing. It was hilarious. If, if you look at it, you've got the Hulk Hogan era, which led into, you know, he was the big guy. Then you had Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. Maybe The Rock. Then you have John Cena. I mean, it, it would. These would be two titans taking on each other. Oh yeah, and the amount of merchandise that would be sold off that, I, I it would just be, it would be like you know, with the, a match in a lifetime, kind of like we saw twice with John Cena and The Rock. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I'm still waiting for thrice in a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all I got on my match card. What we're gonna do is we're gonna throw these um, each of our cards. We're gonna put them on the website. And you are going to vote for who had the best card. Vote for Derek. Vote for me. <laughs> no, vote for Derek because he had the best one. Vote for me. I guess I maybe we should may, maybe so I could swing the win. Vote for the most violent card because <laughs> I, <laughs> I have a card that is built for nothing but attitude era. Oh uh, yeah. But you know this has been a great topic, and we'll have to revisit this again. I've had a lot of fun. Not just hearing your guys' matches and talking about them, and it, it, this is a great topic. We're going to revisit this again because definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. there's plenty of wrestling history just to you know not do this once. So I think we're going to call it a night, guys. You got anything else? I'll save it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, be sure to get out there and follow us on Twitter at Oversell Podcast at Shrope Nuts at One Danger Stand at One. Oh, not one no. Wolf Mike 23. Oh, I am one Wolf Mike. You are one yeah. at Wolf Mike 23. And get over one to... One of the Wolf Mike 23. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably 23 Wolf Mikes, huh? <laughs> at least. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing. Go check out our website, oversellpodcast.com, and vote on who you think had the best wrestling card. Next week, we're going to start... Uh, we're going to look at... over uh, over. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to look at, what's the pay-per-view next week? Payback. 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 We're going to do payback predictions. I guess I need to take my punishment for losing in the last one. We'll do that next week, too. (laughs) And also, we may have a special guest coming up. I know I promised one this week, but next week, I think (laughs) I've got a guy lined up, and we are going to get his predictions from him. Does it matter what you think? (laughs) (laughs) We hope you have a great week. Thank you for listening. Get out there and do something nice for someone.